Hey, Rodney. What's up? What's happening? So, update, diatomaceous earth. Oh. First one that I ever tried. This is the first stick that you... Yeah. Yeah, I tried it. You took took me up on it. I'm on a cycle. I'm on a six weeks right now. It's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, It's... I don't know if I'm I'm receiving all the benefits. I'm waiting for my 90 day cycle to finish. Mm-hmm. But um, my daughter calls it my dirt. I mean, so, it does taste like clay. Yeah, I'm drinking my dirt in the morning. Don't breathe it in. Don't breathe but, it. Uh, yeah, it doesn't taste like anything. No. At least there's that. And um, you know, it's it's it, it's an interesting. Uh, I, it's interesting to bring it up. I just drank some. Yeah, yeah. So, I just uh, had to. I had to provide an update on that, you know, because yeah. I, I actually forgot tried that my, you actually were doing that. So, thanks for stuff. the update, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's a good update. D-D. I'd give more updates, but it's probably a little. You, no you could do more it. updates if perhaps you uh, followed more of my advice. And it's not really advice; it's just my mm. wackiness. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe. But since you don't, you can't. (laughs) Update complete. Welcome to or welcome back to More In Common. This is our social experiment. See, everyone has a story that can help us learn from one another. And we bring people into this safe space that we have learned to create so we can learn about their stories and get into difficult topics that challenge us in conversation and ultimately how we think. And we have a lot of these conversations and we're seeing a lot of similar threads through all of them. So what we're doing is breaking down these conversations to create a set of tools and a map that'll help you become a conversation boss so that you can be a catalyst for conversation in your day-to-day life. And with all that being said, we got to send you to www.moreincommonpod.com. It's the place to go to find all things More In Common. So go check it out. And if you like an episode, share it, put it on your socials, put it on your Facebooks, send it to your friends. Sharing is caring. Uh, We like to talk about our previous episode before we get into our next episode so our last episode was jeff tippett keith what did you what did you take away from the jeff tippett uh, conversation you know before we get into that it's been a while since we've done this it's been a minute but we got this awesome review um from from a while ago oh that um, is is anonymous, but uh, is is on iTunes, and says it's rare to find a podcast where honest and open conversations are had. I'm so glad I came across more in common, and I recommend these podcasts to anyone who wants to be a part of a, fil- a fulfilling and enriching conversation. So to you, anonymous, um, greatly you. appreciate it, wow. and um, yeah, feels good. So thank I'm you. not gonna lie; it's a little bit of an ego boost, but it's even more so validating to what we're trying to accomplish. So that's that's, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So that being said, um, Jeff, yeah, good question. Um, for me, it's quite a bit actually. Um, but you know, so so I'll, I'll crypt note it. Crypt note it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so how he openly discusses having been abused and how he mm. has uh, convincingly moved forward. Um, and it, what I love about that in our conversation is it doesn't anchor our conversation, right? right? Um, it's a, it's a matter of getting to know him, but it's not all that he is. Um, love how he talks about helping his daughter make her decisions about finding out more about her background, Mm -hmm. but not really tipping the scales, really just giving her the tools to make that decision. I think that is something from a parent's perspective is a really, really hard balance to, to strike helping your kids make decisions without tipping the scales one way or another. And, you know, the, the last thing is just communication tips, how common they are, whether you want to connect, persuade, sell. There's just so much to better connect. And many of his thoughts are so relevant to just more effective communication that, that we embody. So um, love it. Love the parallels and really just enjoy the conversation. How about you? Sorry, real quick. When you say convincingly moved on from like abuse, do you mean he's moved on and you don't feel like it's like he's he he doesn't feel like he swept it under the rug like he's actually dealt with it and yes he's in a better place absolutely like he's actually processed it versus just you know kind of saying he moved on but then anchor if it it anchored our conversation you would question that and i just don't you know you don't feel that with him yeah yeah i get that i i agree with that uh for me I would say a couple things, persuasion versus uh, the idea of selling or, or coercing or um, manipulating, manipulating even. Yeah, I, I think it's just something I've never really, really thought about a whole lot. And we were forced to in my next point in deciding whether or not we were going to actually have Jeff as a guest. Yeah. And. So part of it was like actually don't judge a book by its cover and like really jump in and then and but giving him the opportunity to explain the differences and what they meant to him opened up some avenues for you and I to talk about persuasion and what it actually means and giving him an opportunity frankly to speak on our podcast where we weren't really sure where it was going to go. Yeah. And it turned out to be awesome. And it's like, all right, well, give things an opportunity. So that was, that was one for me. Uh, that's good. I really like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, who do we got? Who do we got this week? JS. Um, not his real name, but, uh, we are going to refer to him as JS. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was recorded quite a few months ago. So we are excited to finally bring it to you. Um, JS is a fellow Boilermaker. Boiler up. And uh, really an all-around interesting person. Uh, He comes to us with some very unique and thought-provoking insights that uh, definitely make us want to record an entire year of episodes. Like a lot of conversation you could have with JS. Um, He is a musician. He's been writing, recording, and performing for about 25 years. After studying engineering at Purdue, uh, he went on to focus uh, his energy in a band that would actually eventually tour coast to coast. Uh, so he is currently um, playing the drums with a band called Crisis Actor. And he actually also maintains his micro-label and uh, collective called L-E-L-L-E 2.0. That'll be in the show notes. Uh, he loves him some buffalo wings and happens to be a member of the Satanic Temple in Indiana. 
which definitely leads to a very interesting discussion and a better understanding of what the Satanic Temple is and how we actually all probably share uh, quite a few of the ideals that they share. So, Rodney, uh, that's that's JS. What are we talking yeah. about? Well, and you, you just hit on one of the biggest things. We, we open with the Satanic Temple. Yeah, we do. And what is what is that? And is it related to the Church of Satan? And what's that all about? We talk about religious freedom, how he sees it, uh, him, him growing up in the Catholic Church and where he is now. Uh, we even get <laughs> we even get into John Wick and, <laughs> and some movies, which have nothing to do with the first two yeah, points. No. But we we kind of go all over. Uh, he he, like you said, he's a fascinating guy. He he's got a lot of different thoughts on things, and it was just it was a fun conversation for me. Um, what strikes you about it most? What strikes me about it most? Um, you know, just so for me, it was fun conversation. I think. If I go back ten years, it would have been a anxious conversation. Mm. Like it would have been with with somebody that I haven't talked to in quite a long time since school, getting into religion where we seemingly on the face of it have very different views. Uh just would have been very contentious. And for me, this was very free and open and it was like, Man, that's really like you got your thing, I got my thing. Oh, there's actually oddly some commonalities in it and I could I could be freer and and more open with it than I could have been in the past. So that's good. Um, that's what struck me about it. What you got any tips out of it? Yeah, um, he. I love how he doesn't explain himself and or doesn't defend himself. He simply explains his position, which is, I think is a, a really good example of of how to effectively disagree um, as you navigate a difficult conversation. And, and how he speaks for himself, or he, he makes a strong attempt to speak for himself, not, not necessarily about others. And uh, there's a point in there where, you know, we have some disagreement about, you know, Trump supporters. Um, and I mm-hmm. disagree with the position he takes. Um, and it, it, you know, it was a, a point in the dialogue to, to just pay attention to how that ultimately plays out. Because um, we do p- pivot uh, away and talk a little bit about movies instead. And ultimately, it really is how you continue to maintain connection through disagreement when you're not exactly sure how you're going to navigate it going forward, um, which I really think is a good example um, in this conversation. So, um, But that's it. And uh, I hope you all enjoy the show now that we've told you all about it. this own rule that i never follow that is there's a difference between doing there's a difference between being right and doing the right thing Mm -hmm. and often me getting on there and freaking out about something especially in the sense where i know it's going to like generate that kind of traffic that is not doing the right thing maybe it is i don't know maybe dialogue is good not all dialogue is good most of it's just pointless it's just hot air but i mean like yeah a lot of times like i just Anytime I see something that's just like patently bullshit, I can't pass it up. I have to say something. 
I'm my biggest pet peeve in the world is insincerity. I can't just see people just. I can't just see something that's just like so fake that like it just it just it's I don't know it makes my skin crawl. Yeah, and it's funny because in my old band, you can actually hear that progression of like me just like sort of being like a youthful idealistic kid and then like starting kind of getting political and like, oh, I'm going to take it on. And then like just sort of becoming spiritually defeated. Like you can actually, like, if you read the lyrics, like it almost follows it. Today we are with JS. JS, how you doing today, man? Doing very well, thank you. Wow. Um, so, right off the top, I have to ask. So, you recently started your own Satanic Temple chapter, right? Me, no. Um, our our chapter heads, yes. Okay. Uh, before I say a word about it, though, I, I do. I have to. Uh, well, I don't really have to do anything, but um, I want to mention that I am not an official spokesperson whatsoever. We have people who actually say things officially anything you hear is my own meandering opinion and even though i am a member like i said it's just me talking it is not an official statement by any means yeah i i can't obviously like comment on like what our official stances are i can just tell you what i think personally no fair yeah, enough that makes sense much, much which, appreciated which would probably be a good stance for everybody on anything like just speaking from their own yeah. point of view because you know instead speaking of speaking for, for other people yeah. One would think. One would think. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things that we try to draw out of people. Like speak it's hard. Yourself, I catch myself uh, doing it. You know, it's hard sometimes. Yeah. Um, but of course, this is not, and I want to be very clear after having done some research, not to be confused with the Church of Satan. Good. Yeah. That's that's step one. Uh, um, <laughs> they are different, um, right? Wait. So they are very different, and. But the thing about it is, um, let's, you know, I say that, right? And I'm sure plenty of people listening go, what? You know, uh, you're a member of the Satanic Temple chapter. Uh, tell us that what mean? that's all about for you. Like, obviously, you're speaking for yourself. But, yeah, tell us yeah. about the Satanic Temple. Well, which part, I mean, uh, how it differentiates from COS, the Church of Satan? or I would just say in general, like, what's it stand for? What's it, why are you a member of the Satanic Temple? Oh, yeah, what does it mean for you? Yeah, you know, yeah. for you? Speaking. Uh, well, um, yeah, where to begin? I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, if you were to ask anybody, you know, what's what's at the root of their, you know, religious beliefs, for lack of a better word, um, you know, uh, I don't know. It's it's we have seven tenets, which are which I pulled up here just in case we have to reference them yeah. um, that I, 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 I believe in. Um, and it's it, it, the thing that I liked about it was. It's it's sort of a it's progressive in the sense that it's contradictory. Uh, we because there's there's sort of like a spoken culture that we have here of religious freedom of well just freedom in general in this country. When you say here you referring to the United States? Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and then we all know that there's the reality of it. I mean, basically, the 
if you're the not government Christian. Is. If you're not a white Christian Anglo-Saxon, yeah. then then exactly. you you have are a good judged. day. Peace yeah. out. Right, right. And like, you know, and like lots of stuff. Like one thing that we're really big on is religious plurality. Like I know people see the things in the news about uh, the Baphomet statue, you know, like you know, putting like a, a statue, a satanic uh, statue next to the Ten Commandments. And they think, oh, it's like it's trolling. It's like it's like, well, no, like, think about it. Like, you have to, like, actually stop and think about it. Like, if if we really had a country which, which you know, promotes freedom of religion, why not? I mean, if you're going to have one, why not the other? And the thing is, is, like, you can't you can't just make it like, oh, if it was a Methodist statue, for example, not picking on them. I mean, that's still that's two sects of uh, Christianity. Or if it's a it's a Muslim statue. I mean, like, still like, you know, it's still theistic. It's like, okay, well, we are the other side of things. We're not the inverse of Christianity. I don't want anybody to think that. But it's like, here's the other side of things. Like, we either have everybody or nobody. That's because that's that's what we believe in, right? And that's where the question, like, usually stops for most people. And that's why the Supreme Court gets involved and all that. It's just because, I mean, like, if, if you really believe these things, like, you either believe in all of it or nothing. And, um, and I mean, like, it, it's sort of in defense of everybody, whether they want to believe it or not. Um like well, a, so know, that was not... one thing that shocked me because you sent us the tenets, and I was like, the first one's like, one should strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason. And then I was like, so my my question was like, well, why is the patron Satan then? Like, and, and I was like, isn't that a contradiction? In a, but That's then... a great question. Uh, no, uh, Satan is just a metaphor. It's not actually like nobody. Well, OK, I shouldn't say that. Uh, it is not the temple's stance, as I understand it, to worship an actual Satan. Um, and I'm going to take that a step further here in a second. But, yeah, that, that's something that people confuse, like, a lot. We don't actually, well, not not in, like, group stuff. We don't worship an actual, you know, supernatural Satan. It's just a metaphor. Which and you said a minute ago, because you said the other religions are all theistic. So that would say that what you're what you're talking about is not you're not you're not worshiping. Isn't a, a isn't isn't satanic temple an atheistic organization? Uh, atheist, agnostic, you know, uh, yeah. free thinkers, okay. as they call it sometimes. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's a good point. And I always I if on a personal level, I always think theistic Satanism is kind of the funniest thing in the world, because, like, first of all. That? Well, if you actually believe in an actual supernatural Satan, then, I mean, you're sort of like giving credence to the whole Bible story because it's like, well, you can't believe in supernatural Satan without supernatural Jesus. And then, like, not only the that, but you, true just, as well. you, you just believed the Bible story and then you picked the losing team. It's like, what What do you <laughs> what do you I don't. OK, yeah. So that's why. But, what if, but what if it's just like what if and. and I, I can play devil's advocate all day long, but what if it's just like maybe, maybe they don't believe that version of the story? Like, have That's you fun. seen the new uh, the new Karate Kid? Do you know there's a new Karate Kid series? I know there's one I have with, not seen. I don't really with Johnny, I the dude to... who lost, and like yeah, but it it retells it from his point of view. Like this kid comes into town, starts macking on my girl, takes my girl. Like, yeah. I try to beat him in a karate competition. My boss is kind of a dick. But, like, from his point of view, it's kind of like, Daniel's son is a dick. He comes in <laughs> town and takes this dude's girlfriend. Like, yeah, I want to fight him. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I, I get it. I get it, man. I just, I don't, I, I don't. Okay. If you want to talk about supernatural things, like, put, put it this way. 
I don't I, I, I hesitate to tell people this because they run with it, but I don't I'm an atheist, period. Because everything people say that God is, I through all common sense know can't exist. It's just ridiculous. Now that said, I mean, of course, I have to believe in higher power because I'm not so ignorant as to think I understand all scientific forces. An example is gravity. Mm-hmm. Just use it. Hear me out. Like gravity is a force and nobody understands it. We can measure it, but nobody understands it. Right. So, I mean, like, yes, I acknowledge that there is the higher power of gravity. Am I going to worship it just like people did the sun or anything else? You know, like, no, of course not. Like, I'm just going to acknowledge that I don't know and move on. And I'm definitely not going to kill people over it. I'm definitely not going to think I'm superior or, or, you know, extract money from people or exploit any. I mean, no, I was just, it's just so, yes, of course, higher powers exist. I mean, like, and I could get into, like, all kinds of things that, like, I, I have them. personal agnosticism but but that's not really i i hesitate to say that even too because like i said people run with it they're like oh you have a bit of doubt like you're just waiting to be saved so fuck off it's like just so so but, wait i want to get into uh, well I, get, I don't know if you have more questions about the temple Keith. yeah uh, def, i definitely want to get into that but i i definitely think it's important because you know a lot of times like you like you said right is People, as soon as you say atheist, which is an expression of freedom of religion, it's the expression to not follow any religion, right? Um, or you say Satan, there's this automatic belief that there is some evil behind the organization that you're a part of. But then you read that first tenet, and you don't necessarily – I mean, maybe I'm ascribing some, some things, and maybe I shouldn't assume, but um, judge – other people for doing it because that's kind of part of the tenets of the satanic temple, right? The, the use, like the, the, the description satanic temple causes a visceral reaction. But like you said, it's, it's not to, to worship. Oh yeah. You said it was, um, you said it was more of a metaphor. It's more of a metaphor. Yeah. It's more. Absolutely. is a metaphor. Yeah. Yes. Um, and yeah, I mean it, it, Okay. Like I said, there is a culture that we are told, and then there's the actual culture that's in practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to, like, do you know what the transubstantiation is? No. I was yes. raised Catholic. Okay. I do. Okay. The transubstantiation means that when you go to a Catholic mass, they will actually, like, the, the the waiver that they hold up actually uh, yeah. magically turns into the body of Christ. Okay. Right. Look, Which is the difference between I'm them a, and a lot of other sects. But, I'm going to yeah. go out on a limb and say that no, well, most Catholics don't actually think that they're eating the body of Christ. Okay. Like I said, they don't actually believe it. And I mean, like, it's just that little iota. It's the same thing, like with the great flood or the creation story. I mean, there's always doubt, you know what I mean? So, I mean, like, as I see it, and this is just my opinion, like that first tenant and like the, you know, I'm sorry, starting with not the first tenant, um, using Satan as a metaphor, just levels all the doubt. It's like, look, we're just going to pick, like, your bad guy, even though he's he's more of a metaphor for, like, as they say, the uh, eternal rebel or whatever it is. Um, and just the term you know, the, devil's the, advocate, right? Like, yeah, like, just the, the symbol of anti-authoritarianism. And <clears throat> and then we just run from it from there. It, as I see it, again, I am not a mm-hmm. spokesperson for the satanic temple. But, I mean, like, that's just how I see it. It's like, you know, if we're going to, like, you know, play the supernatural game, it's like, okay, well, we're Satanists. Now, let's take it from there, you know, like. 
I mean, I know that's a little knee jerk, but I mean, like at face value, that's what it ends up being for most people. And then they actually talk to me and they're like, oh, yeah, you are a normal person. Well, so, yeah, yes, I mean, but I think that's the that's, important that's, thing to talk that's key, about. That's key. Right? Like for me growing up, because like when even Keith, when we started talking, you were like, oh, I'm atheist. And I was like, oh, I'm Christian. And and like well, even I, hearing atheist, like my butt puckered. I'm like, wait, what? You're an atheist. You don't believe in God. Like. Cause I, cause I grew up believing that like you, there's no, you, if you don't believe in God, then like you're going to hell and you're a terrible person. And it's like, mm, like if I apply a little bit more to my own thinking there, it's like, nah, like that's not necessarily the case. And, and even if I do believe in God and you don't like, who cares? Like we can continue having a conversation. I think the I definitely thing, don't care. Yeah. And I think the important thing is, I mean, that's what we're all about is breaking down and exposing that. OK, just because it says this, I mean, you're not a Satanist, you're not worshiping, you're not, you know, um, you know but even if you were like Pentagon, but even if you were like, right. it would be interesting to learn more about and and understand where you're coming from, because I think that's the important thing about it. So, you know, I mean, people are always going to, you know, uh, you know, prescribe their own biases based on their own religious beliefs, especially in the the space that you live. But, you know, at the end of the day, how how do we break that down? And I do have one question that's, I think, really important is the difference between the Satanic Temple and the Church of Satan, which was Church of Satan was in what, 1969 established and the Satanic Temple was only 2014, if I'm not if I'm not wrong about that. Uh, this the COS has a lot of um, like they're really sort of based out of like hedonism and indulgence and you know gratification and magic even and just mm-hmm. all that shit. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, like I know some people might not like me saying that, but I mean, like it's just uh, well, I don't know. I, I I like to compare it to, if I may. I like to compare yeah. it to the Old Testament, like even though that's like. Um, a very, very crude and ignorant thing to say. I like to compare the COS to the Old Testament mm. in the sense that you have like, you know, like wars and like rape and like weird sacrifices and stuff. And then like Jesus come along and was like, whoa, whoa, you know, like, I mean, I could start quoting scripture, but I mean, let's be like, reasonable. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So then the Satanic Temple is more like the New Testament. And again, that is the most wild, cool. yeah, yeah, open yeah. for misunder- misinterpretation <laughs> parallel I could possibly make. Yeah. But, uh, kind um, of coming back to what Rodney was saying earlier is, and you said, I can quote, quote scripture, like a lot of your current beliefs are rooted in having been exposed to other beliefs and you grew up in Indiana. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Like tell us about that, that journey to, to where oh, you man. are. Did you grow up in Naptown? Uh, no, I grew up, um, well, I spent the the first two thirds of my childhood just sort of traveling around when my dad like got trained for his job. And then I ended up here in Indiana, but uh, shortly before I went to West Lafayette, but um, the, my upbringing was Catholic. At first I was in a Catholic school and I don't know how I ended up being the catalyst, but eventually my parents got so fed up with that church in particular, they moved me to a public school. Then when I was 18, they tried to have me confirmed and I started arguing with the priest about uh, what when you say uh, like your parents. So your parents got fed up with the Catholic Church. The move. To, well, the Catholic, they got the fed Catholic, up with the school or the the school. The okay. school, very specifically. They were still the associated with and, the church. Yeah, we still went to church or whatever, oh, and I okay, went through gotcha. all the sacraments. And then uh, I was going to get confirmed when I was eighteen, and I started arguing with the priest about uh, purgatory because he said the purgatory still existed, and you'll see that some old people who are suffering on earth are still in purgatory now. And I'm just like, no, the catechism dismissed this a long time ago. And like, so our argument was about like 
stuff of that nature. And finally, uh, I was fed up. My parents started to sort of get fed up just with me being fed up. And I got out of that. <laughs> and then as I, as I went to college, you know, like, you know, obviously my beliefs started to wane. I mean, I'm not going to fucking church when I'm in school. Um, but I don't have to. Um, and then, um, and then, uh, more so when I got out of school, I mean, like, I mean, like I started like really sort of dismiss the whole thing altogether. Um, but I think it did me so much good to travel, even if it was just like to go on tour and like be like, you know, just to, to just to both coasts, because it's, it's different when you're like touring with a punk band because every, every venue is usually in the shittiest part of town. Um, and you're always, you know, you sort of have to like learn to smell poverty in the sense like, or not poverty, danger. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you get that sixth sense of your surroundings, you know, of like, Oh, we're, we're in a bad neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like that, um, I'm kind of thankful for now. Um, but I mean, like just, just being exposed to the real world. I mean, that, that is more of a religious experience in an obvious non-theistic sense than I can I mean, you have to really see how shitty things are. I mean, like I saw, you know, like a, a, a man beat the shit out of his pregnant girlfriend, these homeless people. And like we tried to chase the dude down and then we went to help the woman and said, let's call the cops. She's like, no, I'm drunk. I mean, like, I know that's just like that. That shouldn't be like wow. necessarily a religious experience for anybody. But I mean, like, just I, there's there's this whole. Well, but what do you mean by it? Like, because you said it was well, like kind of a religious experience. Like, what, do you, what does that mean for you? I mean, like the whole concept of like, like we're going to give, you know, a creator credit for this and not that it's like, look, he could stop any of this. He didn't have to do that. I mean, like the whole like the contradiction just eats at you the more you're exposed to something so terrible. Or I guess in some people like it, it's their path to salvation. I don't understand that. But I mean, like I, I refuse to believe in a benevolent creator. And this is his handiwork. It's just it just, you know. Now that said, I have a question I, real quick. I, yeah, you 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 said you stepped in, like you saw that dude beating his pregnant girlfriend, and you, you like you tried to help her, you chased the dude down. Well, like, there was a bunch of us, and you know everybody got involved. Well, that's even more fascinating. I, I only know a little bit about sociology, but I know that groups of people don't tend to make good decisions, especially when there's something like that happening. There tends to be the the onlooker effect, the gawking, like oh man, somebody the should bystander like, effect. Somebody should. Yeah, bystander. Somebody should uh, do something, and like, well, I'm assuming somebody else will, so I'm not. But you, but y'all actually jumped in and did something. Is that is that is that part of is it part of you, or was it part of the group that you were with, or both? Uh, well, both be only because that's sort of. I would say that's the culture. I can't speak for everybody, and I know that there's a lot of times when my culture has failed me and fallen short. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like the the hardcore scene and the punk scene, definitely, I was attracted to it. Not because it's infallible, not because it doesn't make mistakes, but because, I mean, at least for one thing, it's not controlled by anybody. Like that's sort of like the one of the ethos, uh, one of the ethoses. <laughs> um, ethos. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. One of the things that um, attracted me was just like, you know, we sort of like build it from the ground up. Like, OK, well, what do we actually believe in? Like what's important to us? You know, and that could take any number of forms. Sometimes it goes horribly wrong. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like, you know, it's very self-policing. Uh, very much so taking responsibility for things. Um, and, that, you know, that's what I liked about it. Um, and like I said, it's not infallible, but at least it's direction. It's not just saying like, okay, this is fucking good enough, whatever. Like, I, you know, and like you said, like in sociology, there's, there's just like, ooh, you know, it's like, like, no, there's a very strong DIY ethic, you know, do it yourself. 
where, you know, you got to take responsibility. Like, this is our space. Like, hey, don't get drunk and punch holes in the wall. Like, hey, no fights outside. Like, or in some cases, hey, we need to fight this dude outside. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. It could take any number of forms, but I mean, at least people give a shit. That's so that's, yeah. So that's just part of it. Uh, how long have you, so in that whole journey of, of Catholic school, public school, uh, oh, yeah. Never confirmation, how long did you, yeah, I cut, I cut into it, but were you playing music along that journey? Yeah, and it's funny because in my old band, you can actually hear that progression of like me just like sort of being like a youthful idealistic kid and then like sort of kind of getting political and like, oh, I'm going to take it on. And then like just sort of becoming spiritually defeated. Like you can actually, like, if you read the lyrics, like it almost follows a very sad progression. Do you write all which, the lyrics? Uh, for my old band, oh, yeah. And yeah. for uh, my last band, yes. For this band, no, I just play drums, which is so nice. Mm -hmm. I just get to sit in the background and hit things. Um, One of the things that that I'm I'm curious about is <clears throat> as like what was your family experience as you started to um, ask questions, really ask questions at the period. That, I mean, obviously, they got frustrated and said, OK, fine, you don't have to go through your confirmation. But um, like now you're probably you're wasn't 18 that smooth. and you're starting. Yeah, it probably wasn't that smooth. And now you are part of the satanic temple like what what's your family's how, how do they how do they perceive this this path for js i'm curious they don't i mean they're they're rational people i come from a medical family so they're all um i, I would say like rooted in some scientific background um uh i, I mean that so i know i laughed i'm not like being sarcastic like they they, they they're rational people so i think um they know better than to fight it or to try to cast out the demons or whatever it is, you know, the, the fanatical people might try to do. I've heard horror stories, man, uh, online uh, really? from colleagues of mine. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I would say I'm lucky to have family who wouldn't ostracize me for a innocuous benevolent belief. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of fucked up to say unto itself. Like, yeah, I'm so lucky that my family didn't disown me. It's like, I, yeah. I mean, but it's, it's but it's kinda, a, especially it's kinda, you're in Indiana, like, and I, well, not it's not just Indiana. Indiana. Us, I mean, but. that's the reason we're doing this thing in general, because right. in, in general, people can't handle having a conversation with somebody that has a view that appears to be opposite of theirs or is opposite of theirs or is even slightly different of theirs. And then you add the stuff right. that comes with family, the emotion, the baggage, the, the connection, and people just get even more been out of shape when it's like I oh mean, wait you like you know some families take it as oh well you're rejecting me you don't like what i believe so you're rejecting me and it's like no i just i mean no, man, just... this is an important thing i want to address real quick if that's yeah. okay yeah um i look I, it, publicly you remember when ugh, i'm gonna go way off the rails here remember when hillary clinton said that it's important to have a public opinion and like a private or what she understands that or something like that yeah i don't know and I mean, she got a lot of fire, whatever. I don't know what the fuck she meant by that. I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about Hillary Clinton, whatever. Moving on, but taking her point there or what I, so, so it's kind of made me chuckle because what I totally get that. Like, for example, like, I don't care. Like when we were talking about like, oh, like, you know, an atheist versus a Christian and they're like, oh, you know, what do I think of that? And it's like, I was like, I don't definitely don't care. Like, look, yeah. if you want to worship whatever you want, I don't care. Like, I mean, like, don't just don't mess with me. And like, it, it's that easy. It's really that easy. Um, it's like somebody said once, like religion would be fine if we just all admitted that we made it all up. 
You know what I mean? Like it, Christianity, Muslim, you know, Islam, like if, as long as you just admit that it's all made up, it'd be fine. Like, you know, you follow your, your path and like, you know, no one has to die or get hurt or, you know, disown their family. But the point that I'm making is while I res- res- sort of respect someone's autonomy and their, their whatever beliefs they want to have and their right to have those beliefs, that doesn't mean I have to like them. It just means I have to show them a certain modicum of, of respect in public, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the one thing I don't understand is like I'm obviously extremely pro LGBTQ, um, you know, all that stuff, you know. But at the same time, it's like like let's say like you you think two guys making out is gross. Like, OK, just still treat them like people like that. It's that simple. Like you right. don't have to like think it's cool. Like and if it like there's no such thing as a bad feeling, there's only a bad reaction. So, I mean, like, if you, if, like, it makes you feel weird, like, okay, like, have that feeling. Just understand it. Try to think about it. Just, but at the same time, treat them like people. Understand your own bias, you know, like, and just move on. There's lots of things I don't like. I don't want to go out in public and see people's fucking Crocs, okay? But I have to. You know what I mean? I hate it. And there's so many things that I hate. Like, I can't stand, you know what I mean? But I show people, like, human decency, yeah. And that's what we've moved away from, you know, and that's why that's why when we get into things like when someone saw the Freddie Mercury documentary and he first walked out and he's like, oh, not enough gay sex. It's like, OK, so you just minimize this amazing artist and is like, you know, like, I'm not saying you have to like, you know, his life or anything like that. Or but his don't, music don't or any of it. Don't make him a caricature. Show him the human decency to recognize his achievement and what was trying to be expressed in that movie. That's why you misstep there, my friend. You know what I mean? It's not, not that you have to even approve of his lifestyle. Just like acknowledge what was meant to be acknowledged. Don't reduce him to a stereotype or lampoon him as like a caricature. Does that make sense? It, no, it, totally. it does make sense. I, and it is important because like it's not you have to like everybody, but you have to treat you should have to treat everybody with respect. Like, yeah, I mean, just, we're, we're all here walking the earth trying to trying to figure out our own formula un, until and, they they forfeit their their, that's their, it. their until right they, to respect. Until I they mean, impose, that impose it. That upon does happen. You. It, but it's one of those things. I mean, you you made you made the point on just accepting religion. Like, believe what you believe. Rodney and I have had this conversation for years. Is kind of the nexus of us having difficult conversations. It's like he and I look at religion very differently. Um, and oh, I look at it differently day, from how I have my entire life. Like I've been yeah. Catholic. I've been Christian. I've been yeah. non-denominational Christian. I've been like all over the place. And now I'm like more spiritual than I am related to any specific religion so it's yeah and it's and it's one of those things one of the things that i've always appreciated about rodney in every conversation we've had whether it was about gay marriage or anything to that nature at the time is that rodney never used his religion to impose beliefs upon others they 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 were an anchor to his own identity and his own belief and he was comfortable and confident in that and he evolves it and does whatever i don't know if i was confident like I think but it, you, regardless, it like, like you it like never, you my never own understanding of things oper- yeah, like you, came you out never- of it or like my, my discomfort with something. Then it was like, but why am I discomfort? Why am I un- like two guys kissing? Like why? Like it, it made me ask the question like, well, why am I uncomfortable with that? But you never used it. Like, to impose it on other people yeah, yeah and that's, exactly, exactly and that's like one of the biggest things that i've always found with religion like hey it's cool religion at its core has benefits one way or another as it has its equal and opposite um reactions so earlier we asked you about tips for difficult conversations and yeah. you said this is something that you've been 
and and part of the reason why I hit you up and was like, yo, we want you to come on the podcast. Like I've seen it was probably in the last like two years when you were on Facebook, like a, a you were starting what I would qualify as interesting conversations. Uh, you were starting uh, by interesting. I mean, like sometimes they were on the surface going to be divisive or they were about something that was very much um, it could have triggered people or uh, just could have a lot of emotion to it. However, the way in which you started it was like, this is a very welcoming. Here's what I think about it. All right, go. Like, I want to know what everybody else thinks. And then you interacting with all like tons and tons of people interact with you and you give takes and you give jokes, you take jokes. And it's just this. It, it is a it is a use of the Facebook machine that I've not seen many people do successfully. And I think that ties back into some of the answer you gave earlier on managing difficult conversations. And you said it's something you've been cultivating for a long time. So I, I would love to just kind of understand some of your framework. As, and you referenced it as the whole science. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just, I don't know. Um, well, man, there's a couple of points here. Um, I used to actually work. Part of my old job was to manage our social media and um that kind of sort of drew me into more attention to it also like managing like uh pages for like bands and stuff uh just really kind of like i'm not going to say it like taught me any like groundbreaking knowledge but it at least like turned my perspective as to like well how can i use this in my favor or at least how can i manipulate it you know towards like conversations like really starting to like get the gears turning mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> uh well it's it's just funny i mean like if you ever want to like well, first of all, you have to be good at like baiting people, like getting them into a conversation. And like if you do that in conjunction with another post, both of those posts will get bumped in people's algorithms repeatedly. That's how Facebook works. Like if if you um, like if I put a post that says like, oh, I got a brand new puppy and then just like people start commenting, asking about its name or whatever, whatever. And then like within the next like 10 minutes, I post like a flyer for our band that's going to like come up in their feed much more frequently. Because Little things like post. that. Yeah, now, now that's a more insidious use of it, like what sure. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. Um, that I mean, like, but I mean, the whole marketing aspect. I mean, that's that's just something I learned because you got to promote. But as far as actual dialogue, man, I don't know. Um, that there's a couple of things like that's less to do with me. I mean, I I have no interest in like likes or traffic aside from promotion for my entities, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like on a personal level, like attention, like I don't, I don't. That's not the goal of it. No, and it didn't. It doesn't have that feel to it at all. Yeah, I like to, to like just have those conversations with people. I, it's I have a bad habit, a very bad habit. I will admit of just not. I, I, I have this own rule that I never follow. That is, there's a difference between doing. I was like, there's a difference between being right and doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And often, me getting on there and freaking out about something especially in the sense where I know it's going to like generate that kind of traffic that is not doing the right thing. Maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe dialogue is good. Not all dialogue is good. Most of it's just pointless. It's just hot air. But I mean, like, yeah, a lot of times, like I just, anytime I see something that's just like patently bullshit, I can't pass it up. I have to say something. I'm my biggest pet peeve in the world is insincerity. I can't just see people just, I can't just see something that's just like so fake that like it just 
it just it's I don't know it makes my skin crawl and that's, that's that's usually where those things end up is I just sort of you know I kind of freak out disassociate for a second and post something and and it goes from there as you saw but I mean like I have a I have a good method of uh, controlling myself that also yeah t- so talk tracks. about that because I think that's a lot of people they, don't like <laughs> as you're talking about this this is the this is the piece because yeah you freak out you're upset but then you engage you listen you read whatever it is and you and you work the process or the science of conversation like how do you go from how the hell can you post that to okay someone's talking to me about it let's have this conversation like how, how do you how, what is that process for you that's you know i'll be honest with you man that's not even a process that's just me because i've okay. always i've always been inherently a paranoid person very anxious person and i think uh i i, I honestly like immediately feel guilty if I say something, I probably delete maybe one third of everything I ever post because I eventually end up regretting it in some context, even if it's not regrettable. I just, I, I, the root of it, I don't like to upset people, even when they should be. So it was a, it was a very, uh, it was a very long process for me to be able to upset people effectively when they needed to be upset. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's just me. I mean, like I've, like even if I'm in the moment, like I still at the end was like, fuck. Well, okay, uh, someone explain to me why this is blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Like I still have to make some progress out of it or I just I, I know I'm going to feel gross about it two hours later if I don't. Do, do so, you have a, a natural curiosity to figure out why people think what they think simply because I mean, maybe that's the engineer in you or the practical person. Like it seems like you might have a natural curiosity to get answers, even if you don't get them. Yes and no. I think I I, I am interested in people that I haven't figured out. Mm. Because I've, I've spent a lot of time like just trying to like decode and unravel people like in, you know, I mean, that's that's half a sales. That's half a hospitality, you know, or a customer service, I should say. Um, and I mean, like when I see people that like I can't crack, you know, like a safe, it's like, what are you? I know that that's where my curiosity really comes. I mean, there's some people who are just so bad shit off their grid I, I, or excuse me, off the radar. I don't even I have no interest like like most of the Trump supporters. I, I have no interest in like knowing why they tick. I just know that they've like gone into a threshold of like they need to be aggressively shoved back into, you know, some form of decency. <clears throat> I don't <clears throat> I don't want to know how they got where they are. Well, I mean, of course, I want to know to some extent, but I mean, I don't have a natural curiosity about how they fucking tick, you know. <laughs> It's uh, it's funny. I was listening to a podcast today with the sheriff in Arizona um, who was talking about the wall. But like if you had a conversation and Trump was not at all mentioned in that dialogue, you can have the, the, the dialogue itself is really, really rich and interesting. But for this is what I'm curious about. But for whatever reason, once Trump's name gets mentioned, there's this inherent loyalty to justify anything says and does or this inherent disdain to to hate anything he says and does even if you take that variable out and all the content is the same there's some mutual thing and and it's just this fascinating to me this is what's most fascinating about about that that conversation it's like what is it that 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 creates that for an individual i feel like that's been there like okay take the united states president i feel like that's always been there where like i Obama did it. It's not good. Obama did it. It's bad. Like, or it's good. It's bad. Like, I support yeah. him. I don't support yeah. him. Yeah. I feel like, and Bush and Reagan and so on and so forth. Yeah. I feel like with Trump, it is at another level. I would agree. Of like, 
oh, you support Trump? Well, like, I, you know, like, it's at a whole nother level of, well, he's in the conversation, so the emotions seem to flare to another point. But I, but I feel like he's fed on that and fed on that and flamed. He capitalizes on it for sure. You've I mean, mentioned you talk about marketing. I mean, I yeah. kind of feel like what you just said, the puppy and the the puppy and the the band uh, band post like, yeah, the, I I kind of feel like that's how I want to sum up Trump. Like he's kind of that puppy post and then build a wall. He's like he's he's like he's like, I'm going to make I'm going to make great deals. Build a wall. Well, Hold up, hold up, because this is important. Like I think, uh, the reason people, it, it's different. It's very, very different because you, you, you build your platform on things that you represent deliberately, and you know that you're winning over supporters on that. Like for example, if I'm like, hey, like you know, I represent tacos. Who likes tacos? And we're like, yeah, fuck yeah, tacos. And then later somebody's like, well, I don't like that guy's shirt. You'd be like, well, fuck you. He likes tacos. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, cr- crude example. Now Trump's campaign was based on things that were not even not even subtle, like like just sexual assault. I mean, like people just look the other way. Yeah. Uh, blatant racism. Um, you know, disastrous policy, which look, we can argue about that. That's fine. That's a civil conversation. That's not what I'm talking about. He built yeah, his, you're talking about like the his racism, the, the, the ugliest shit. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. weird jingoistic, you know, Patriot stuff that, you know, and a whole bunch of lies, straight up dishonesty, you know, and like he is a, you know, so I'm saying liar. this is, yeah. this is how he, this is how he represents himself. Now these are real threats. That's the important thing I'm about to tie this all together with. He represents real threats, and he used them very deliberately, strategically, mm-hmm. to build his base. Yeah. That is why people oppose any and everything he does. Like he could do anything. Like oh fuck him, fuck his shirt, fuck sure. you know. Yeah. Now 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 let's go all the way back. Now you could say the same thing about me. It's like well, what about you, JS? You you're a Satanist. What does Satan represent? And I'm gonna look at you in the face and be like, dude, it's it's supernatural bullshit. Nothing. He's a character in a story, and he's usually the bad guy. Who Rodney just said like. You know, like usually if you look at the other way, like in a Karate Kid show, like, you know, like, hey, there's another side of the story. Maybe you should think about the other side. Hey, my name's JS. Let's have a conversation. You know what I mean? Satan doesn't really represent anything. He's no real threat. He doesn't exist. He's a metaphor. Trump, on the other hand, I can hate everything he does, anything he does, because what he represents by his own volition and his own popularity is inherently terrible. Oh, yeah. That's what I think the difference is. No, no, I agree with all that. I what I was saying about the marketing thing is like the way he's fanned the flame of all of that, and what how he's built this fire and ire in his in his supportership is like it is a it is a marketing campaign from it's an inherent from manipulation of people's visceral yeah. Um, yeah amygdala responses to things that they've oh my god fear 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 re- re- uh, they've they've the, there are men there are men time. coming. <laughs> there, are, there are men coming in a caravan. They're going to, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, I, I, it's so ridiculous. I, I mean, I'm totally with you. I, I, I totally agree. I, I think I, I maintain an inherent curiosity, not for the base base, like, you know, people that, you know, the, the white nationalist base, um, I'm, I'm good with them, but, you know, in general, because there's there's an inherent curiosity to, to certain things that, well, that I a, can't get over. But there's a weird thing with, the Republican base that I, I, I can't figure out, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I'm, I don't know, I've tried to, the, 
eh, well, he supports most of the things that I do, so I'm okay with the stuff he's saying and doing. Mm-hmm. Like, all of the senators that are like, I would never support this dude. Fast forward four weeks. I support Donald Trump. It's like, I don't I don't understand well, that. I mean, it's it's similar. I, I, mean, I get the politics BS, but, but regardless, I don't understand like, how you come it's, around it's a, on... It's a human condition. People people still go to R. Kelly shows, right? And they have for the last you know twenty years. Chris Brown, like, yeah, exactly. So 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 you've mentioned uh, the punk, the punk uh, culture the punk and scene, the, punk, the punk scene in general. So are we uh, are we are we saying I, that right? Is it the punk scene? Is that the <laughs> is that the way that it's referred to by us? Sure. <laughs> no, and you're absolutely right to laugh because I, I I try to avoid talking about it as much as possible. Because Why? it's it's well because it's it's not a spectator sport. It's not like mm. it's almost like you know like mm, you don't if talk you're about in it, you're in it if you're not. It's like Fight Club. No 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 not 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 nearly that. See, I already fucked it up. It's just it's just <laughs> the, the more you talk about it, it's it's I don't know. Somebody told me a Chinese proverb a long time ago that I don't even know if it really exists. I might have imagined this. It's like give something a name and it starts to die. And in, in all of this this uh, travel of life that you've you've gone to, you, you've. Uh, created some some interesting and fun i think we're, we're getting into a more fun zone of this conversation um some you fun opinions fun. about uh no like from a content standpoint like you know we can talk about religion and you know sometimes it's it's fun to talk about these heavy topics and then talk about keanu reeves like why yes. why would keanu reeves be a point of of topic in in any of your conversations in any conversation yeah I need to go on record here. John Wick, if the third movie holds up, it's going to be the greatest action trilogy of all time. And not only because of John Wick, but because John Wick represents something that I think you guys uh, like might not be privy to. So Keanu Reeves' career unto itself has a life. And this is when I really love art, is when it takes on like almost an unintended organism, like like emerges from like the primordial soup of like the artistic work. Like for example, Keanu Reeves, what was his first big role? Anybody? Speed. No, no. Before that, (laughs) it was. um, It was. Oh, why am I blanking on the name? Was it um, Bill and Ted? uh, Yeah, that's right. Oh, it was Bill and Ted. That's right. Right. So think about it. So now Keanu Reeves. Think about his first. You know, is that youthful naivety, just sort of silly, like happy-go-lucky, everything's cool, right? Then the next big one that I know. Now it was a series. There's only two. So then the next big one that I that always comes to mind with me was The Matrix. So now you have that sort of epiphany that, you know, that cultural awakening that like, you know, like spiritual, you know, existential, all that stuff, you know, and, it, you know, like, oh, it comes to a close. And then you have John Wick. Like this is his next, you know, these are just the ones that mean a lot to me. Don't forget his time Wick. in China making all the martial arts films becoming enlightened in a whole nother way. That, that's in between I didn't know The that. Matrix and John Wick. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know in real life. I'm just talking about the movies, like how the art but then, yeah, so John Wick, like, he's old, you know, he's jaded, like, his wife is dead or whatever, and he has to rediscover purpose. Not, not to mention the puppy. His, yeah, oh, my God. He's trying to resolve his, like, past life, you know what I mean? Like, integrate into his new future. I mean, it's 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 a metaphor for an actual person's life. Hmm. I mean, you know, if you want to look at it from an unintended way. <laughs> I, I think like that's, it. Yeah, I love that shit, dude. Have you, uh, side note to John yet. Wick, because I, I really enjoy John Wick. Have you ever seen Keanu... On the on the shooting uh, the shooting range training for John Wick, uh uh-uh. uh, badass, like really, yeah, like he like he did most of the stunts for that movie, 
And like so a lot of the shooting and the and the the, the moving is him and he does like his what he does at a shooting range in real life like whether or not you like guns is impressive like he moves like a special forces soldier it's ridiculous he, da- he downloaded that in the matrix he did yes. he's like mm-hmm. i know kung fu mm-hmm. <laughs> show me <laughs> um okay so now you're on record about keanu reeves so now and... we got to get into alien but what happened wait wait, wait wait but what happens if john wick 3 doesn't live up to the bill Mm. obviously then it's not the greatest action trilogy of all time so that's just the only consequence there's like no well, fun well, i'm not gonna like an opposite reaction <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna what can you do i mean movies suck all the time it's fair Hashtag fact. but now we're on movies kind of want to know what the greatest what what is your greatest action trilogy me yeah, yeah. I, I just well, i think that's i don't really have one other than that i mean i don't i don't know if there is one People have always given me their opinions, but I've never really had, you know. Do you have an opinion one. on that, Ronnie? Not a strong one. I mean, I really enjoy Matrix, but I realize now that a lot of my takes on movies have has a lot less to do with the movie than it does with where I am in my life and like what's going on in my life at the time. Like, for instance, The Lion King, like, or Aladdin. I love those movies. Absolutely love them. Love them. I think they're the best Disney movies ever. Mm-hmm. Agree. But I was like. 11 12 i don't like i was i was in the right age group for the time and like for the things that represented for me and my brother and my sister at the time like that's what i remember is really them more than the movie so it's hard for me to say that like they still stand up the same because so i don't know so i like i think of the matrix right away but is it really the best like did i love the ending Meh, it was, you know i don't know where where does alien fall into this for you js uh, it's not really you know tied into anything it's just um like i said I, I like when art sort of takes on its own form whether you know the creators like it or not kind of like how natural born killers like actually became a cultural phenomenon i'm not like pro people getting killed but it's kind of crazy that people died because of that movie like obviously that's a bad thing but holy shit that's a work of art like if there ever is one um alien though this is on a much more simple and pleasant level um i think it's interesting like the, like the name alien i think uh after you if you watch it and you watch the dynamic i mean like me with all my feminist views if you watch the dynamic with ripley and the rest of the um the the crew like i think the real alien was actually sigourney weaver ellen ripley in that movie like she, because everybody like treated her like the outsider like she had these she was right the whole time and like everybody else died and she's the only survivor i mean she was sort of like the alien of the group so to speak and then for Aliens, Aliens, which is Alien 2, Aliens 2, whatever, um, who was it? It was Sigourney Weaver, it was Ripley, and it was Newt, that little girl. Yeah, the girl. The, yeah. the two survivors, the only two that survived, except for that one guy, but forget him. I just thought, you know, if you want to look at it as like a feminist allegory, I thought that's sort of an interesting way to look he, at it, just, too. Uh, he's just a, he's an ambassador. He's a, he's a champion. Um, yeah. That, that's an interesting... That's an interesting. Just take. something to think about. So, yeah. so with with your feminist views, what what is it? What is yeah? What does that mean to you? to you? Yeah, because I, well, I hear I just, people argue about feminism all the time, and I, which is fascinating to me. But what does it mean to you? You kind of drop that one in there just a little bit. Yeah, no, uh, I I know it's kind of a loaded question. I mean, like, I, I it really just means. I mean, I think I. Rather than say what it would mean to me, I guess, like, my advice for anybody would just be to listen more to, you know, just, like, 
you know, it's it's kind of like white privilege. It's like like you know, it's it's always uncomfortable to like stop and be like, oh, maybe things are better for me for bad reasons, or maybe I don't understand how I'm trampling on somebody else's day. Just stop, you know, like admit that maybe you have a leg up, or maybe you have it better than you should, and it's not fair. Just 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 listen. It's kind of common sense with anything. It doesn't even have to be feminism, but I mean, I just think in that since women have like historically been, if you had, you know, like I mean, they're you know they've always been half the population they've been historically probably treated worse than anyone else mm-hmm. um you know just just common sense like where did, we should where did no, this, but, where but did i can't i don't think from? we can table that as common sense because yeah. because they've historically been treated worse than anybody else and nobody and like most people i can't tell you how many times in the last two weeks i've been questioned on like is white privilege real or what is it and I think a lot of people, there's a lot of reasons for that probably, but um, the reason I ask what it means for you is just to understand like how you, uh, how it, how it, what is the word? Um, Just how how it, how how you move in that space and you answered it beautifully. I mean, you, you listen more. And I think that that's probably the key to a lot of things and yeah. it's just listening more and but it but it's so difficult like how, like is this something that you've just kind of always been yeah where does that come maybe from like a logical you? thinker on like hey maybe like like the first time you heard somebody say like hey man you might have white privilege like were you like oh yeah i can see that or oh, were you no i'll be honest i was i was i mean like a lot of people. I was resistant to it at first. I mean, like, and it had a lot to do with where I grew up. I grew up in a very, very white community. Um, my family was like never like spoiled or like, you know, especially like wealthy or anything. But I mean, like, I was sort of surrounded by it. And I mean, like, you'll be a product of your environment in that regard. And I mean, I'm not going to excuse people who come out of that with bigoted or just, you know, crazy skewed views. But I guess I can understand it. It's like it's like we were talking about earlier. It's like, you know, I don't have a natural curiosity as to like the intricacies of a bigot's brain, but <laughs> I mean like I can understand how it happens, but you know. And um no, I mean like I you know, I was just resistant because I mean everything I've ever known, you know, was like it, it's like why are people coming at me for this this reason because right. I I couldn't see anything around me. And like I told you when I actually got out of the city and like drove around and stopped in every bad part of town everywhere from coast to coast like you know you you're like oh okay things aren't always like that you know and you know that's yeah that's really it when when did your feminist views start to present themselves like is this always to well, or would you say you have feminist like views, or would you just would you like, even qualify it as such yeah see like, i mean that's that's another thing is i don't i don't run around talking about it just because it's really not my fight you mm-hmm. know what i mean It'd, it'd be like if I like I don't like advertise myself as like supporting Black Lives Matter. Like, you know, I don't go out of my like, well, as a supporter of BLM, I mean, like, you know, but I, I do. But I mean, like, it's just like it's not my fight. You know what I mean? Like you kind of have to support. But if you if you sort of encroach on the actual movement when it's not yours, then you begin to be, you know, colonize it, so to speak. And you begin to become part of the problem unto itself. So, I mean, I don't want to like. Can you explain that further or go into that further? Because I, I think this is a, a good point you're making. But I. It, yes. The, can you yeah, go a layer I mean, like, deeper for, on that? Yeah, because, OK, historically, white men have way too much of a voice. I mean, that's it. 
you don't have to look around that much to understand that. Yeah. And um, for so, me to like, if I sit here and be like, oh, like as a BLM supporter, well, what am I going to possibly say after that? Like, is it really my place to even say something? I mean, it's one thing if I'd be like, if I paraphrase someone else or if I defer the conversation or if I say, hey, as a BLM supporter, shut the fuck up and let them talk. You know what I mean? That That's that's one thing. If I start spouting off my own opinion, then I become a makeshift ad hoc spokesperson for a movement that doesn't belong to me. And it's the same thing with feminism, I think. Like if I if I just immediately like, like oh, as a feminist, here's the way, you know, women, blah, 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 blah. It's just like. I mean, I can I can say how I feel about certain issues and how I support them. Mm-hmm. I can defer the conversation. I can paraphrase. But I feel like I always constantly in these conversations have to check myself to make sure that, like, I'm not talking over because that's that's historically what we've even done. I think it's even important. It's important to make an effort to talk under. There's no harm you, in being quiet for a while. How did you realize that? Again, I want I keep wanting to say common sense. I take the time to think out all my beliefs very, very carefully, very, mm-hmm. very carefully. Like I make sure if I say something that I know what the fuck I'm talking about. And um, that's how I feel like I buy the right to be so opinionated. And I'm, I'm willing to you know, admit I'm wrong and like, you know, concede a loss. But um, I, I don't know, man. Like it's it's you ever seen the movie They Live? I actually John have not, no. Uh, shit. Well, he anyways, so the Earth gets invaded by aliens, right? And nobody can see the aliens unless you wear these special sunglasses. It's all allegorical. But he, um, yeah, so the the lead character, like, he puts on these sunglasses and he can see all these regular people. They're actually, like, these aliens. And the billboards for, like, magazines, like, they actually say obey and they say, like, buy things. You know, I mean, like, they're, they're very, like, stock images of them of control. Yeah. And it's funny, that's actually referenced in some of my band's artwork. Um, but it's sort of the same thing. It's like, once you're willing to put the glasses on and you actually want to look at it, it takes years and years and it's a, it's a constantly moving process, but right. you just have to unravel everything. It's overwhelming at first. And like, I, I get so frustrated with people who don't even want to make step one. They're just like Antifa, just as bad as the Nazis. It's just like, all right, dude. Okay. Like I yeah. really, really, we're just, that's, that's the level of dismissive. And that's how far you're willing to think is like, you see two people hit each other and you assume that's Okay. All right. Like, I, so I'm like, I have a, it's hard to stay um, amiable and diplomatic, but I do my best. Yeah. So I want to go back keep- to the beginning when Rodney asked you what, what keeps you going? You said spite. Can, can you, can you expand on that? Do you just have like a big ass chip on your shoulder. <laughs> do I seem like it? No, no, but that was your answer. <laughs> no. Um, well, it's, it's sort of a, if I had to pick a motivation that, that never fails me, I mean, like I, I have goals, you know what I mean? But I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm like an actual atheist. Like I, I, I really truly believe, like, I don't just like, you know, I didn't just philosophize something and like, and you know, here's what I, Hey, Hey guys, this is what I feel strong. You know, like I'm not like fanatical, but like, I, I seriously believe, like I said, I, I think of everything like through to its core. And I just wonder, you know I mean? Like, you know, like what my purpose is here, if there is one, you know, why I continue to be here. There was a good number of years where I think from a combination of just like, you know, depression and anxiety, I almost felt a resentment towards even existing. I mean, it happened without my, you know, like I, I didn't ask to be brought here. I didn't ask to like work 40 hours a week. I mean, like I went through the whole gauntlet of like resenting like my entire existence, even with all the wonderful things that have happened in my life, like, you know, unimaginable like blessings I have. But I mean, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, no matter how upset I get or like whatever happens, 
you know, how depressed I am, how far off kilter my mood is, I I can always count on the fact that I know that like, you know, if if I were to check myself out, like other people would probably be okay with like happy about that. You know, I I would be I'd be one less adversary in their world. So just like my existence unto itself, I think you know, being a roadblock or a bump in the road so to speak, I think is uh valid enough and you know, I I'm I'm not going to go anywhere based on that fact alone um that the the people don't want me here like mm. make sense spite mm-hmm. spite yes so so basically if 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 in summary if i if i were to not be here there would be people happy that i'm not here so for them i'm, I'm not here. gonna give them that yeah, yeah it'd be like I'm a victory like you know yeah that's interesting i that that's a it's a never-ending just, source of motivation. Yeah, it, it definitely doesn't end. <laughs> it, it's always um, there. Well, and you and, said it always. Well, and then it's interesting because you say that, and I've heard athletes talk about it. Like, there's there's always something, somebody that doesn't believe in you. There's always somebody that doesn't want you to make it. There's always a competition to get on a team. So they're like, mm-hmm. it renews every day for them. So it's like how I got from Pee Wee to NFL or whatever. So I, I hear that. Yeah. Um, I think Rodney, you had a question and we are Yeah, yeah we're getting close that. to time. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to ask, um, well, this is gonna be it could I be longer. One. Yeah. So, so last I'm gonna question. wrap. Yeah. I'm gonna thank you. So no I I think that's a beautiful place. Like I we have one more question we always we always like to end with. Um, but JS, thank you. Thank you for of coming course, on. Man. Thank you. Like, it's been a road like I know it's been we've been we've we've been talking for about a year, but uh, good things are worth waiting for. This has been a good conversation. So really, man, thank you. Oh, Thanks for opening the kimono, sharing. And uh, so our tagline is expose, evaluate, evolve. And so I'd like to end the conversation by asking you, how would you challenge people listening to evolve? Just face forward. You know what I mean? Like, don't 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 get caught up in the past. Just try to be better. You know what I mean? Like that's that's a big tenant of uh, Christianity too. Is everybody's looking for absolution for their sins or whatever? I mean, but that's something anybody can relate to. Just sort of face forward. You know, don't try to be better tomorrow than you were today. 